time for the Burning River Sportscast. The end is nigh. Sunday in Phoenix featured the exciting conclusion to the entire 2022-2023 NFL campaign. As the Browns watched from their couches, two NFL heavyweights went blow for blow in a back-and-forth contest that went down to the wire. As the dust settled and the smoke cleared on the Kelsey Bowl, it was the Chiefs kingdom that reigned victorious, but it wasn't without its fair share of controversy. And that we will break down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. You all can pretend like this is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen, but I guarantee you that if Rihanna touched her dump hole and then her front butt and <laughs> and put her finger in front of your nose, like you would you would love it. <laughs> Objectively, molesting, molesting kids is worse. Because I know there's a bunch of degenerate sickos out there that would totally drink Rihanna's bathwater. I'm not trying to be like, you know, prude Kenny. Um, you sound like it. Prude Thunder. Like, I'm not. That's your new name, Prude Thunder. <laughs> but this was so sexual. This was a disgusting. A hundred percent those guys are perverts. This will give you a four-hour erection. Epstein didn't kill himself. Welcome into the Burning Over Sportscast, presented by Tappan Media. I am Kenny Thunder, the fattest, the fattest trophy husband on this set. <laughs> Seated beside the man who runs the internet's largest Dateline NBCs to catch a predator with Chris Hansen fan club called Perverts Hard on Crime. Red Hot Ronnie Jams. Ronnie, why don't you take a seat right over there and tell our friends where they can listen to the Age Appropriate Browns podcast without needing a lawyer present. Why don't you take a seat? Take a seat right over there. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, and so many more. And first of all, let me get this off my chest. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> because that show... What's evil? It's a good thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy to catch a predator. That show was odd, man. I mean, just the concept of it. I'm not saying that like these guys were all perverts, 100%. But the concept of a show that you basically and, and stage a someone. crime that's not real, and then you mercilessly beat the shit out of them in front of everybody. Like, if, like if I called you and I was like, Ronnie, I got some TVs that I got from, that fell off the Best Buy truck. And then you showed up, and I was like, "No, I'm the cops. You're arrested." Like, can it, <laughs> I'd be so mad. Can you go to jail for like uh, grand theft? Yeah, I'd, I'd show up, and it, you, you said, "What was in the truck?" And some TVs that fell off the best. All right, some truck. TVs. I was like, I was just looking for like a like a 29 incher just to put in the basement, and 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 here I show up thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm getting a good deal. I just found it on Craigslist." No, jail. Yeah. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, objectively, molesting, molesting kids is worse. But to your point, there were no kids actually involved, so it's it's a it is yeah. a. Again, I I just say a hundred percent those guys are perverts, and I don't I don't really feel bad for anything that happened to them. But, no, but at the same time, the premise of the show, I just I have trouble grasping the whole concept. I just like I just like there's me. a new one now. It's uh, there's a new one. It's like on Netflix or somewhere. That's like uh, 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 women. It, it's like it's like young girl like the the two women are posing as young girls. It's like the same concept. Yeah, it's in, interesting theory. I, I just always like when Chris Hansen walks in, just, just and you start seeing the <laughs> wheels turn right over here, and they're like, "Hmm, this is going <laughs> to yeah. end well." Every time. Um, there, then there was the one time that the senator or whatever he was killed himself. So. Yes, and then that really screwed up with the whole the whole show got uh, canceled. Yeah, they realized um, that it was like. 
And then Chris Hansen was caught cheating on his wife or girlfriend. and A uh, real things, stand-up guy, that things, guy. <laughs> things took a turn for the worse. Yeah, yeah. So, that, don't put... But don't you put know that. all this because you run the internet's largest uh, fan club. Hard on crime. Hard on crime. <laughs> I will say, great name. <laughs> um, anyways, wonderful story out of Northern Ontario this week. Did you see this? Let's hear it. Oh, you didn't see it because I didn't even tell you what it was. I don't know what it's about. So, there was a, a five-year-old girl back in... Uh, is this to catch a predator? No. There was oh. a five-year-old girl back in 2010, right? <clears throat> so, that would make her... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some good math skills. Seventeen um, now, eighteen, yeah, eighteen. Um, so, so back in 2010, what was the biggest natural disaster worldwide in 2010? Uh, One of the biggest natural tsunami disasters. earthquake. Yeah. So, so the the earthquakes in Haiti happened. Yes. Um, so she wanted to give to charity back in 2010. So she took her piggy bank, her full piggy bank. It's a big pink piggy bank. There's a picture of it. Of the if piggy you, bank? If you find it, there's just, there's just a famous picture of her giving her piggy bank and they broke it open. There was, there was uh $61 and 38 cents is what it amounted to. So she donated Solid. it to Haiti relief. Not a bad life savings for a 10 year old. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's a good cause, right? Yeah. Well, well, 13 years later. So your math was off once again, but 13 years later now, um, <laughs> Because you said, said she was 10, so she couldn't have been 10 if she's 18 now. <laughs> um, she was five. I got confused. I, I actually said it at the top of the segment. She was five. But, I got confused. But so, she, so the five-year-old gave her piggy bank to Haiti Relief 13 years later. Um, this week, she won the second largest lottery jackpot in Ontario history at 48 million Canadian dollars. Well, dang. So 13 years later, her, her good karma finally came back around and paid off. And yeah, she made all that, all that 61, 38 and more back. Man, with $48 million, I could create some really bad karma. Yes, you could. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Uh, good for her. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. I just saw. I saw that. I was like, "Oh, that's a cool story." Let's, what did? Let's, let's what did? Did that. she just went just a straight up drawing, or was it like a scratch off, super scratch off party? Um, you know, I didn't get that deep into. It. I don't even oh, know if okay. it was in there. Is is just uh, just she, she just won a bunch of money. Yeah, she won a bunch of money. Fair. Yeah, yeah. She did donate some too, so that's that's always good. To Haiti. I don't think so. Well, the good news is, well, it's not good news, but the there's there's more there's more earthquakes that she could donate that money to now. Yeah, that's terrible news. It's terrible. It's not good news. I, she, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They didn't go into detail about her donations, but I wouldn't be surprised if she donated to to the earthquakes that happened. What a stand up child! You know who really is the winner here is mom and dad. Yeah, because you raised good a good parents. kid. Good job. Good job. <coughs> Way better than your parents. A lot of shit stains out there. Yeah, like you. Like me running around, the <laughs> yeah. forty-eight million dollars would just blow it all on cocaine and cards. <laughs> Probably strippers. Um, you, not me. Uh, <laughs> Ronnie wants to. So next up, let's let's get into the Burning River Rundown. <laughs> All right, so I said we're going to get into the Burning River Rundown, but uh, we're actually going to put this segment on hold right now because it was Super Bowl week, man. Super Bowl. We're basically just going to talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so I hope our I, I hope our followers are okay with that. There's really not a lot of Brown stuff happening right now, anyways. Taking a break from the Browns. Um, we're just going to talk about the Super Bowl. But before we get there, I do have two things to say. Two. So I'll give you one Browns related thing here. Yep. Um, Nick Chubb tweeted during the game and said, "Tired of watching." 
Yes. All I got to say is uh, we feel it, and I hope to God we don't waste his entire career here. So it's interesting um, that you pulled it out because I saw that, and I think the way I read that, I was like, this guy's frustrated and wants to win. Seems like a, it's like a good motivation to have. Yeah. The rest of the world seems to have seen that and thought, this means Nick Chubb wants out of Cleveland. I didn't see that at all. I just I saw exactly what you saw. I saw it was a it was a guy that's that's hyper competitive that was watching the TV and he's like, man, I could be doing like, so. We got to find there. a way to get there. And it was probably because he was watching. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, running back for the Eagles. Help me out here. Uh, which one? Kenneth Gainwell. No, no other one. Uh, Miles, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. He was watching Miles Sanders do absolutely nothing the entire night, and he was like, I could do so much more. <laughs> Yeah, fair. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think I think it was 100% just Nick Chubb saying, I just really want to be in the playoffs. I want to win. It was just interesting because I, that's how I read it. But all of a sudden, I get on social media today, and it was like, Nick, Nick Chubb demanded a trade. And I was like, what? Nobody said that. I was like, he might get traded, but I don't think this is why. <laughs> Look, um, yeah. If, I mean, if you read that as Nick Chubb wants a trade, you're just – and this is coming from us. You're just trying to stir controversy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we legitimately think Nick Chubb could be moved because there's value to be had. But I just, I did not read that tweet as yeah. Nick Chubb wants out of Cleveland. But, you know, if he did ask for a trade, then, you know, everybody told us we were crazy. <laughs> and here we are. So here we are. Uh, and then next up, just real quick, uh, for all you Browns fans out there rooting for the Bengals earlier in the playoffs. Not you, these guys again. You weak fools. Uh, <laughs> Sean Payton, the new coach of the Broncos, when asked about who he wanted to win the Super Bowl this week, said, I'm picking the Eagles. We never want anyone in our division to win anything. Thank you, Sean Payton. Strong words from a strong man. Yeah, somebody that uh, really understands football, you know. Yeah. Like, how do you root for a division rival? I still don't understand it. I know we we hit, we've talked about it a lot, and it's we we, we kind of had a lot of Browns fans mad at us because we're like, "Why would you root for the Bengals?" They're, oh, it's Ohio's team. No, shut up. Yeah, it's it's professional <laughs> sports, and there's 32 of these franchises. Like you pick one and you root for. Them. I can almost understand like the the college component of like you want your your division to do well to like show like good exposure for your region and that, but I any don't. any more. Or they're they're building these super conferences. So your region is kind of obsolete anyway because they're just bringing in schools from all over to join yeah. whichever conference. Listen, I don't get that thinking even because one, it's not college football. So the Bengals, the Steelers, well, right. the Ravens, winning, saying, that they, does nothing. I think those for the two Browns. things are totally different. Even if that's your school of thought, is like and, I and, want Big Ten teams to do well. And two, two, I had this argument actually with one. It wasn't really an argument; it was a discussion. Um, but I had this discussion with one of one of our followers on on Facebook, and I said I would never ever want the team up north or anybody oh. else in the Big Ten to win a playoff game. Right. Like, yeah, sure, I want them to win in the regular season so the conference can look good and it helps us get to the playoffs. But we mostly Ohio just- State get to the playoffs. But as soon as the playoffs roll around – why would I ever want anybody else in the Big Ten to win win a playoff game? Agreed. You want the Big Ten to win every regular season game so that all of your wins matter. Yeah. And then once the Big Ten championship and the playoffs roll around, like I don't want any of those teams to win ever. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. If Ohio State's not in the Big Ten championship, I want both teams to lose. I don't even care. I hate Alabama. I don't even care if it's Alabama. If Alabama's playing the team up north in the national championship, damn straight, I'm rooting for Alabama. Yeah, Michigan <laughs> is still worse. Yeah. I, I, I haven't even said their name yet. I refuse. <laughs> 
So I, I don't Smart. know. Smart. I don't know. Anyways, so let's get into the Super Bowl recap. The Super Bowl is here. Or it was here. It was here. It came and went. It came, it went, it's done, it's gone. This is the whole reason for the season. It was the whole reason for the season. And once again, we were nowhere near it. The Browns weren't in it. Yeah, so uh, Philadelphia got out to a hot start in this one. Took a 10-point lead in the locker room at halftime. But the Chiefs came storming back and scored on every possession they got in the second half, including a game-winning field goal with eight seconds left. So let's just go ahead and break this down, and we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, let's start with their offense. Jalen Hurts, 27 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, 15 carries for 70 yards, a little bit short of your 100-yard projection. Uh, three touchdowns, though, uh, but he did have one lost fumble that happened to be returned for a touchdown. Um, the lost fumble. Was devastating. <laughs> that was devastating. Absolutely devastating. And because he didn't even get hit. I mean, he just put it on the ground. No, here, here's the deal. Let's Let's be honest here. I think, and you texted me this. I'll give you all the credit on this one for for this this thought. Was you said this is a coming out party for Jalen Hurts for most people because yeah. not a lot of. I mean, you know, I didn't watch a lot of Eagles games all year long. I, I kept hearing Jalen Hurts' name, um, and I was kind of like, "It's Jalen Hurts, yeah." Like, okay. He's- well, and you pay attention more than most. Yeah, and I was like, I, I didn't think like anything like ah, he's overrated necessarily. It was more like just having yeah, seen play. He's having a he's yeah. having a good season. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing was just like for people like the, like the casual fan that tunes in for the commercials on the Super Bowl. Like all of a sudden, you're watching some young guy go out there. That some young is, guy. Some young. <laughs> some young. And you're and you're and he was super impressive. I mean, you're like, who oh, is this guy? he was very. So impressive. people like my mom who enjoy sports but don't follow anything outside of the Browns that closely. Like that was the first time that she had seen on national TV, Jalen Hurts, um, and, and, and in, a, in a big moment. I mean, he, oh, he yeah. afforded himself outside of the fumble, which was odd, um, afforded <laughs> himself was, really, uh, really well. I mean, he played a good game. He threw the ball well. Yeah. Um, he was the leading rusher, even though he didn't get to 100 yards. He had three rushing touchdowns, which is a Super Bowl record. Um, oh, he set several Super Bowl records. So Unfortunately, it was in a loss, but he, I mean, he, <laughs> he, he played very, very well. Um, and I will say this, um, Jalen Hurts' demeanor is just, it's impressive to watch out there because even after the fumble, he came back out and it was like nothing happened. And they went like, right back to like, him. They, they went back to him on a quarterback lead yep, just, and let just him run the ball. Face. It, it reminded me of Nick Chubb, but with just like <clears throat> a little bit more, I don't want to say um, flair, but like he... he You'll see him crack a smile every once in a while, whereas Nick yeah. Chubb's just dead stone-faced the entire time. Yeah, he's an impressive guy. I mean, he's a very mature uh, young man. I, I, there was a- and I think he knows his circumstances as far as, like, you know, uh, I had to leave Al- or leave Alabama, go to Oklahoma, and then he's been around. He's well, faced yeah, all kinds of adversity. benched in the national championship like, game. Yeah, all kinds of stuff has, has happened to this, this young man, and he's really just kind of – just taking it in stride and said, that's fine. I know, I know what I'm about and I'm going to come back stronger and I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, he just, he was very impressive. There was one other, um, instance where his maturity really stuck out was when, uh, I don't know if Nick Sirianni was going to give the bird or or what, but when they went up, I think ten points, uh, Sirianni started shouting at the the sideline, and Jalen Hurts kind of came over and was like, "Coach, no, like it's not not time for that." I yet. like Nick Sirianni. He's a he's a fiery guy. He's a Mount Union guy. He's got crazy eyes. Mount Union guy. So you know, um, it's a funny. He's a funny uh, case study too because he when you go back to the initial press conference when they introduced Nick Sirianni and he just was absolutely just 
it totally, he sounded like Joe Biden talking. You couldn't understand anything that he was saying. None of his points made sense. They just kind of all interlooped. Um, and like that, that week following that, all of Philadelphia, I mean, you know, Philly media and Philly people, they just don't have time for that. They wanted this guy fired after his press conference. They were like, this guy's the worst coach ever. <laughs> he lasted less than a week. <laughs> and then, in, you know, you get two years in, you're in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. And I will say, Nick Sirianni, in case anyone, does not pay attention to them. I, you know, our podcast obviously is based out of Northeast Ohio. We follow the Browns. Um, we dabble every once in a while on some other local teams. Um, but he's a, I mentioned it, he's a Mount Union guy. And if you've ever watched Mount Union play football, I mean, you can see that in his offense. They don't, they're, they're the team that they hardly ever punt. They just say, no, nah, we're just going to go for it every fourth down because we're, we're pretty confident that if you give us four downs, we can get the first down. So, oh, yeah. Um, and he operated that way the entire season and straight into the Super Bowl. So, I like a lot about what I saw during that game and other games that I watched then this year, just the, the aggressive nature of it. It feels like Kevin Stefanski goes forward on fourth down just because. He's like, It feels like Nick Sirianni just, has a plan. Nick Sirianni <laughs> was very methodical because you noted there was the drive where they were at midfield and it was fourth and five, or it was the third down, they ran the ball and it was fourth and five. And that was because they knew they were going to go forward on fourth down because they were kind of in that no man's land. But then six plays later, they end up in the red zone. And there's 20 seconds on a play clock, and everybody in my household's going, they're just going to go for it again. That's what they do, right? That's what this guy does. And I was like, I don't think, like, this guy's, he's playing 4D chess, and they ran the hard count, and they got him to jump offside, you get a first down. They got him twice. Yeah. They got him twice on third and four, or uh, fourth and four. Be, because uh, in the game but and, it's because and, they use that early yeah. on and so everybody in the room thinks they're going for it yep. so it's just well and then they have that they well have done. a very unique uh formation for their qb sneaks um, um to where everybody comes in and one i'm pretty sure that's illegal to push the quarterback from behind but well, anyways it absolutely used to be and i don't know how they get around what what the rule technically says yeah, now but yeah, yeah. but it really isn't a jalen hurts sneak it's a jalen hurts gets the ball and everybody behind him pushes all three running backs <laughs> that you put in the backfield pushes back very effective uh yeah well, they also they do something that which i you know they they finally caught on to uh kansas city finally caught on to it later in the game and the guy tried to go high but if you watch all of their linemen, oh, the they're all cut, they're, cut they're almost like just cut yeah. blocks, and Jalen Hurts just dives over top of everybody. Yeah, they caught on to it and they tried to stop it. Yep. And uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is so big and strong that he said, "That's fine, I'll just drag you for three yards." So. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the only thing. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, just as the physicality, that's the only thing that I look at when I watch him play. That I'm like. Does that potentially shorten your shelf life? Oh, because yeah, he's he's a physical, physical player. And but he's, he's, he's not, also not a little guy. He's a big, strong kid. That's true. But he's a physical player that doesn't avoid contact, and it doesn't right. matter how big you are. That always catches up to guys in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, uh, one hit wonder for the Browns here, Peyton Hillis. I mean, he he tried to jump over him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for the most part, he saw if there was one guy in his way, he was running that yeah. dude over. Agreed. I mean, I think like if you compare him to Lamar Jackson, Lamar is grace and finesse and speed. Jalen is, I have all those qualities, but if you're in front of but me, I'm also bigger I'm and stronger. I'm going to are. run you yeah. over. That's why I used Peyton Hillis was just because Peyton Hillis was like the biggest guy. Yeah. And that was all he did. And, and even though he was that big, he, he didn't last very long because True. it breaks you down no matter, no matter what. So. I don't know that we ever came back to Peyton Hillis from earlier in the season, but he's doing, doing great. He's doing Recovered. better. Yeah, we did. We, we covered it the following okay. week and said he, he was out of the ICU. So gotcha. Good job, Peyton Hillis. Way to save your kids. Um, 
No, but uh, one thing I did want to say, uh, the the fumble for Jalen Hurts, uh, J.J. Watt had a really good tweet uh, when that happened. He tweeted out and said, uh, script writers in their bag with that one. <laughs> this Hashtag is, Super Bowl. The script writing thing is getting out of control. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's funny, yeah. but it's just like everything that happens now, it's like, was that in the script? Yeah. My, my <laughs> only other knock on Jalen Hurts for the game was, what the hell was that Hail Mary at the end of the game? That was like the worst throw I've ever seen. I probably could have thrown it further. The only thing that I could figure <laughs> is when you watch that play back, um, he had dropped back. He kind of had all day to throw, and then all of a sudden, Kansas City rushed two guys on both sides. So he like and so I think it. I think he was like setting up to just throw it as hard as he could, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Oh crap! I gotta get rid of this. this is thing. it! Like I yeah. gotta get rid of the ball." That's fair. But it, it, agreed, it was the worst throw it I've was ever terrible. seen. It was, I was like, <laughs> that was like you're this good at quarterbacking, and that was your throw. It was like a Brandon Whedon throw. Yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> um, other the the running backs on their team didn't really do much in this one. Uh, couldn't really get their running game going. No, and you know, Jalen Hurts was the their leading rusher, and um, it was working, so they just stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, he also he had a hell of a day throwing the ball. So, yep. um, I think Which, the, the strength of that offense is these receivers we're going to talk about. Yep. So Devontae Smith, seven catches, a hundred yards. I uh, should have actually had one more catch on the sideline. I have no idea how they overturned that. Like I know there was quote-unquote movement but he had full control of the ball like it wasn't you're it's allowed to touch the ground like it's 2023 we've got to figure out what we still don't know what a damn catch is because i agree that was that was absolutely a catch yeah there was later on later on uh, goddard's like uh fumbling with the ball while he's (laughs) catching and drags a foot and they're like yeah that's good we'll give it to him (laughs) yeah out of the two the devonta smith catch was a catch and goddard's was questionable yeah (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, good game from Devontae Smith. Could have been even bigger. A.J. Brown, six catches, 96 yards, a touchdown on the bomb in the first quarter. That was yeah. impressive. I mean, both of those guys just together, though, I mean, what a combination of, yeah. of, of weapons to have. And yeah. then you start sprinkling in some of these other guys that are, are role players. Dallas Goddard, six catches, 60 yards. <clears throat> he was actually the one that I was the most impressed with. And I know he didn't have a huge stat line, but the dude – caught everything he was like i'm not dropping a ball today yeah. you could see the, the determination just in his face and every time he cut the ball yeah. and there's um, people draped all over him oh yeah i mean he like, made some like miraculous <laughs> catches for a big oofy white guy like yep. he was he was incredible um and then next up here so that was their offense um pretty impressive day for the eagles next up we got the special teams jake elliott two for two field goals three for three extra points um and then their defense uh, no sacks Uh, Couldn't really get a lot of pressure going. Couldn't slow down Kansas City, which is weird that they couldn't get any pressure with Patrick Mahomes and his high ankle sprain. Um, Not in the script. uh, Not in the script. And then James Bradbury with the the holding call at the end. So let's talk about this real quick. Are we going to talk about this right now? Yeah. Or do you want to save it for after we go through? We can talk about it. I don't care. Was it it a penalty? Um, No. Look... um, I think he came out today and said, "Hey, you know, I got grabs him." Came out right after the game. He actually, his he actually said, "I didn't just grab him once; I grabbed him twice." Yeah, but it's still you have for all of NFL history. There's been that buffer area inside of a couple of yards. Guys are hand fighting. Like it wasn't. He didn't stop him from running his route. No, he was just trying to stay with him. So he, it's it's not unusual for a defensive back to have hands on a guy. True. Um, I don't think that that play gets called nine times out of ten. I would one hundred percent agree with you. So here's here is my problem with the whole thing. Do I think it was a was a foul? Yes, I think it was a foul by definition of what 
a holding penalty is for a defensive back. But it's like you could say well, you could. I'm you not finished. Let, let me just go through it. You can call holding on any play in the NFL if you wanted to. Listen, let me finish. Was it by definition a penalty? Yes. Should that have been called? Absolutely not. <laughs> like you said. Not at that point in the game. Nine times out of ten, it's not called anyways, and especially not <clears throat> at that point in the game because here's the facts. That was a phenomenal Super Bowl. It was great. It was an point. awesome Super Bowl. And to have it come down to that ticky-tack of a penalty yep. was just so disappointing. Yeah, I think- It was just so disappointing. And I don't care that he held him a little bit. Like, he, he didn't reroute him. He no. didn't slow him down. Like even if he did, like I said, even if by definition he did grab his jersey, he did not do anything well, to change the trajectory trajectory it, of the route. And that's so. why I say it's not even really a penalty because because it was it was uh, was Juju Miss Schuster was that who ran the route? So yeah. Yeah. he ran an in cut and then did the old backdoor turn like uh, to to run the the wheel. Um, so. Just by the nature of just that route alone, like he had to cross in front of him. So there was going to be contact on that route once he rerouted himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I just, it, it, as you said, the, to have the game end on a penalty felt really bad. It was like you're watching this awesome heavyweight fight. You have two of the best teams in the entire league, and oh, they're yeah. right where they need to the, be. The craziest part about this penalty was um, on Chiefs radio all week long. I, forget, I, I, I can't think of the, the ref's name off the top of my head, uh, that ref. So you can look that up while I'm talking. Um, but that ref on Chiefs radio, they were terrified all week long because apparently there's been some history with him costing them games. Um, because of bad calls at the end of games. And then here, fast forward, and here we are, and he basically handed them the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, it's just odd how it kind of turned around. Um, but, but yeah, it's it, like the fact that that ref specifically, there was a concern that he would make a, a game-altering call, and then he did it, is, is probably concerning. This, after Goodell said it's the best offic- officiating that there's ever been in the NFL. Yeah, the, Goodell came out this week and said this was as good as NFL officiating has ever been. And then you literally had that ruin one of the best <laughs> games in NFL in recent memory. I mean, just it's impeccable timing. It, if this game had ended any other way, this would have gone down probably as one of the most memorable Super Bowl games ever to watch. It was just, it was a fun game. Well, Cuz think about it. They would have they would have kicked the field goal anyways. That's fine. They would have been up by 3. Yeah. Except the Eagles would have had about a minute 40 left. No timeouts. With no timeouts for yeah. Jalen Hurts who's been on fire pretty much the whole game minus the fumble. Yeah. To to just go and win it. And, and I mean, I think that's what everybody wanted, right? Everybody wanted Jalen Hurst to go down and at least get that field goal because I think everybody would have wanted that game just to go on as long as possible. Instead, Let's do we just overtime. got to see him throw a duck. <laughs> Let's do overtime because this, this game is too much fun to stop watching. Yeah. And then, um, man, they just ruined it. It was like it was like uh, finishing a good meal and you order a New York cheesecake and they just bring a big old turd out and they're like, here you go. Finish, <laughs> it always feels bad. Finish this off. Yeah, that feels bad. But anyways, let's let's go ahead and head over to the Kansas City side of things. Um, on offense, you got Patrick Mahomes, obviously, uh, 21 to 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, six rushes for 44 yards, <laughs> including probably one of the grittiest runs I've ever seen in my entire life when he had that long run. Uh, when was that third quarter, I think, went right in the middle of the comeback. And uh, just you could tell, like, he could hardly 
run. Like he, well, was, he, he had, just looked like he was going to fall over. And he had the one that kind of iced it there on the last drive. So well, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was there was a few of them, but it was just impressive because you could tell it. Like he was in a lot of pain. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think this performance wasn't your typical Patrick Mahomes night. It wasn't a bad night statistically, but it wasn't a great night. No, you're used to him throwing for like 300 yards. Yeah. I mean, um, he did get his three touchdowns. So, you know, like Jalen Hurts had a Patrick Mahomes night. Um, the one thing I would say about Patrick Mahomes and I, you, you said it already was gritty. I mean, it was a gritty, gritty performance. He threw three touchdowns. He didn't throw for a ton of yards, which is ironic because Jalen Hurts was hitting the gritty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah whatever um you know and you know to do that on the high ankle sprain i mean look ryan and i have, have talked about the high ankle sprain for weeks and for all year long about the that being high ankle. just one of the worst injuries for a contact sport a player in a contact sport because it's um, not a normal ankle sprain it's what people don't understand it's like up on your leg it's literally like a yeah. ligament that's or a tendon or whatever that is up on your leg like mid shin basically yeah. but on the side and so like it to, just affects to, everything to you do that like barely any movement flexion in your foot yeah like you feel it it's not like an ankle where it's like right on right on uh uh the joint and the ligaments are all super stretchy anyway so they they kind of go back into place pretty quick and it just it's a pain with everything that you do and it's impossible to heal it without just not moving your leg. <laughs> yeah, you literally just put yourself in an air cast and don't, <laughs> so, don't do anything. You know, I'm sure that uh, you know that they have all the best drugs, all the best legal drugs. That's what I said last week. That's why, that's why Patrick yeah. Mahomes went into halftime. And in the second half, he came back, brought him back from ten, and the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Won a Bourbon Bowl. Yeah. Um, no, Super sure Bowl they, MVP, by the way. I'm sure they were juicing him up with anything that is a legal painkiller, but it still doesn't dull it entirely. Let's, let's, I just want to. I just want to talk about this for a second they mean to tell me that that steroids are illegal in football yet you can go in at halftime and literally take a syringe with a with a the two and a half inch needle just push that right into their body and shoot painkillers directly into the injury this will numb your leg for three hours yeah that's okay that's not quote unquote performance enhancing Yet steroids. Well, are. and okay, like I don't want to. Know, I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole. No, right we now, don't. But, this is a long conversation, but, but it's just a, just a quick, just quick thought. On, on the, to your point, like people, it just goes to the misconception about what steroids actually do. People think you put steroids into your body and instantly you become you're the Hulk. You're the Hulk. You're <laughs> Barry Bonds. You're Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're like you're. That doesn't it took make you Barry Bonds fifteen years to grow his head ten sizes. <laughs> it doesn't make you a better athlete. It helps you recover faster. So just like the stuff they gave Patrick Mahomes at half time to help him recover enough to get on the field like the end result is essentially the same but and one's legal even, and one's frowned upon i'm not even taking a stance here like i don't get you want to make steroids illegal fine They're, they already are we'll make these painkillers illegal too why is it okay for like how is that not a that up and how is it, to come back how is that not a performance enhancer like like the the eagles caught a break he got hurt again. Yeah. Well, not anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Our drugs are too good. Synthetically, we can fix them for a couple hours. Yep. So, anyways, I digress. I'm moving on here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was a Super Bowl MVP as well, so good on him. Impressive game. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, uh, and he was the first Super Bowl MVP and Don't season. ruin that. Don't ruin oh, that. Okay, we can't talk about it here. That's, don't ruin that. We don't talk about that on the Burning River Sportscast. Not yet, we don't. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, 15 rushes, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Good game for him. Uh, Travis Kelsey, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. So, Kelsey going to Kelsey. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, 
he just yeah, I mean, he just always shows up. How is that guy so open? That's all the, the time. That's the question. Like, like you like, watch him, and I'm not like he's super fast. He's super physical. He's the best route runner of all. Like you don't think any of these things. Not that he's bad at any of those things, but you don't think any of those things. Yet yeah, that guy is always not just open, wide open. Look, why is there not someone assigned to him at all times? Probably two people. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> like you could probably give up some some plays to a running back if if you're covering Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. he is he is amazing. Um, and that was a fun storyline all week long with the like, brothers and his parents and fun. the yeah. the shoes and did all you stuff. See, did you see what they said at, at midfield to each other? Oh yeah, <laughs> Travis Kelsey went up to him like, hug, and he was like, "Hey, good, good game, you know, we won, whatever." And uh, Jason Kelsey says, "Fuck you, congratulations." <laughs> That's what would have happened if, if it were us. Yeah, you know, if <laughs> you, buddy, but good job. Yeah, my team would have won, of course. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was pretty impressive out of out of Travis Kelsey. You know, you put him and David and Joku next to each other, and you just tell me who's the better tight end. Well, right, yeah, I mean, and Joku is a, a Greek god. <laughs> Um, and nope. Travis Kelsey's a dirty boy from Cleveland Heights. Well, like, just so you know, the answer is Travis Kelsey, <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> oh, I mean, certified Hall of Famer. He, yeah. he's a guy that's going to be. Um, sorry, moving on here. Juju Smith Schuster, seven catches, fifty three yards. Uh, decent game out of him. He, he showed gotta him be, some key key moments. And got to just be one of the luckiest, happiest guys on the planet right now to end up out of Pittsburgh and the mess that was there, and end up yeah. now with a Super Bowl ring. Yep, and then these next two guys, Kadarius, they have a very similar stat line. Um, so Kadarius, uh, receiving wise, anyways, Kadarius Tony, one catch, five yards, one touchdown. Sky Moore, one catch, four yards, one touchdown. In case anyone wasn't paying attention, this was the same play, the exact same play, <laughs> like less than two minutes apart. Okay, it was, it was. I don't know if it was that close, but it was literally like back to black, back to back drives. It was so much the same play that I just thought it was the same guy again. I didn't even realize it was Sky Moore at first. I was like, oh, that kid Tony's out there. Yeah. So, um, and then to add on to uh, Kadarius Tony's day, uh, special teams for the Chiefs here. Um, well, real quick, Harrison Bucker one for two on field goals. He doinked one, which gave. What was the competition they had going? If you if you if one got doinked, like somebody was giving away a bunch of free stuff. I forget what it was, but I don't all know. of America won like free food from somewhere or something. I don't know. Um, it, but he was five five extra points. But Kadarius Tony sixty five yard punt return, longest in Super Bowl history. Um, and can I just say this? The Chiefs got a total steal on Kadarius Tony. Um, they got him for a 2023 third round compensatory pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. And in the Super Bowl, he scored a touchdown and set up another one with the, one of the biggest plays of the entire game. I mean, he almost scored two touchdowns back to back. I mean, for all intents and purposes, returned that one. he returned it for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, down to like the you two get the Chiefs first, at, first and goal at the five, and yeah. you're uh, they're going to score um, almost every time. And it was one of those that I think if you had talked to Kansas City fans during the season after the move was made, there wasn't um, a lot of positivity because he couldn't find the field. He was hurt when they traded for oh, him. Yeah, that, that, was, um, that was the whole reason the Giants gave up on him was because he was always hurt. And so for him to come through in the Super Bowl and show you like, hey, I can I can play was huge for them. Well, um, that's, that's exactly – I mean, this is why – uh, uh, Kansas City stays good is because they find guys like this where maybe you know a team gave up on him or whatever the case <clears> may be, and they bring him in, and all of a sudden he lives up to his full potential. And and um, and I don't even the crazy thing about Kadarius Tony is I don't even think he's there yet. 
don't mean, know. He's, he's he hasn't great, played hardly at all. Yeah, he's them. a great, great receiver. Um, they, I know we bickered last week about him whether he was injured or not, and he was on the injury report literally until the day before the Super Bowl. I he, told you, he didn't I, practice. I told you he was fine <laughs> until the walkthrough of the game. I told you he was fine. <laughs> what was the final injury report? The final injury report it was, was clear. There were, were no there injuries. Was no injuries. So, but he was he's injured fine. literally up until the day of the game. He was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to the defense here for them. Two sacks, one fumble recovery for a touchdown. That was Nick Bolton that returned that one uh, when when Jalen Hurts dropped it. So unfortunate again for Jalen Hurts. We talked about how well he played, and it just it, it literally just slipped out of his hands. Just such a bizarre. Play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nick Bolton scooped it up and ran it back for a touchdown. So yeah, good job. Good job. Um, all in all, just. It was a fun game up until the last minute and 50. Yeah, lots of big stats. High-scoring game like we both kind of thought it would be. You said it would be a little bit higher than I did. Yours was almost spot on. What was your score prediction? Well, if the refs hadn't screwed me there, <laughs> it might have been my score prediction. Yeah, um, so I think uh, – I don't even remember what mine was. I think I might have had somebody in the 20s. I don't I don't know. I think you were 35-24 and I was 41-38, so. Yeah, so. Um, but just, you know. Fun, fun game a, to watch. It was watch. a good game. Yeah. It, was, it was everything you hoped the Super Bowl would be. Yeah, uh, for when your team's not there. I mean, to have an entertaining game and um, you it was know, players everything that, that players the you can root national for. Championship game was not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like we went from the worst college national championship game of all time <laughs> to one of the better Super Bowls. Yeah, that was it. Was a good game. So. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll, we're gonna uh, uh, step away from the Super Bowl for just one second. We'll be right back here uh, to kind of talk about some of the storylines coming out of that Super Bowl. Um, right now, I want to remind you guys about the Burning River Sportscast Hot Take Hotline. Hot Take Hotline. Make sure you call us. Talk to us about anything. Tell us about your thoughts on the Browns, Cavs, Guardians, Super Bowl, Super playoffs, Bowl. Uh, free agency, draft coming up that we have no picks in. Here's so. here's something to think about. Um, you just watched the Super Bowl. Um, what, what do you think the Browns' chances of ever making it to that game are? Yeah, let us know. We <laughs> want to know what your takes are and if they're any good whatsoever. We're going to throw them on air. We're going to talk about them. We'll probably make fun of you a little bit because you made fun of us most likely. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. All right, so again, that's it for Super Bowl 57. Let's take a quick revenue break and then come back and talk about some stories that came out of this Super Bowl. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, the newest craft distillery in Northeast Ohio. Located in Akron and family-owned, Towpath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits, carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small batch silver rum made from the highest grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery. Visit towpath-distillery.com to find an agency near you where the spirits are available, and make sure to ask your local bartender and restaurateur. Towpath Distillery. Handcrafted, small batch, local, and family-owned. Gotta love Towpath, man. Um... Did you have any towpath at the Super Bowl? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was sipping on some of the bourbon. I just uh, had it neat. Also had the bourbon. <coughs> Which one? Bourbon bowl. Um, just the regular bourbon. The regular bourbon. It's yeah. it's a good it's it's a good uh everyday bourbon. Good sipper. Um just good. Just good. Look the Super Bowl, it was good. <laughs> man, strong words from a strong <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Super Bowl deep dive. 
Like, I didn't want to oversell. I didn't want to oversell it. You know, it was good. I don't want to be like, this will give you a four hour erection. What are you talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Never mind. Just do the show. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, let's take a look at some of the some of the storylines uh, with the Super Bowl that came out of the Super Bowl, um, happened during the Super Bowl, all that stuff. So um, let's start with Philly, and I know you've got a lot to say about Philly, so I'm going to let you take yeah. this point here. <laughs> look, the biggest thing to me that it just gives me great joy is because Philly is just such a scumbag city. The Called, we talked about him killing Hitchbot. We talked about him. There was a denier throwing, route, though. That guy said that they never killed Hitchbot. <laughs> he, he thinks we're the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> they killed Hitchbot. They throw snowballs at Santa Claus. Um, and to add to this now, just so you know, they are a bunch of miserable SOBs. They booed Dak Prescott for winning Walter Payton Man of the Year just because he's from Dallas. <laughs> just because <laughs> like, he's a division rival? It wasn't even a football thing. Here, I will tell them, though, unlike uh, some Browns fans, they understand that Everything that your division rivals do is, is bad. It wasn't a sports thing. It's a, like a charitable donation. Thing. I mean, I agree this with you. Guy. I actually, I, I would say this. If, if like, like uh, uh, Joey B won Walter Payton Man of the Year, I would cheer Yeah, for it wouldn't him. be like, you, Joey B. So, like, it'd be like, I take yeah. it back. I instantly regret what I said. <laughs> Good job for being an important member of your community. So that's just how low the city of Philadelphia is. Um, yeah. they, I think they do have an airport, though. Um <laughs> But sorry, since <laughs> just the fact though that Philadelphia has now lost the Super Bowl, the Phillies lost the World Series, nice, and the Philadelphia Union lost the MLS title all in the last 99 days. <laughs> you know, a fun fact what's that? Uh, I love fun facts. Uh, I do. One of, one of my, my friends that I grew up with that went to Mount Union with me is the strength trainer for the Philadelphia Union. Uh, well, F him. He lost the MLS title. <laughs> He's a failure. <laughs> they lost. I don't, just Sorry, Joey. I mean, <laughs> you know, I it, because Cleveland is such a damned sports town to begin with, so when someone else feels just the wrath of the sports gods, just all in a 99-day period, man, that gives me great joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with that. It's, um, and look, I picked Philly we to win. Feel the wrath of the of the sports gods all the time. I so. thought Philly was going to win the game. I thought they tr- truly were the better you team. You picked them, but you seem pretty ecstatic that they didn't. Um, but the, but but I don't like Philly as a city. You know, I think there's just you know once you kill Hitchbot, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, that's true. Damn Randall Cunningham. Uh, oh, it wasn't him. It was just a guy in his jersey. It's just a guy in his jersey. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. So next up, Patrick Mahomes. Um, dude, I think we've got to seriously start talking about this guy. Is he on like a Tom Brady <clears throat> projection? Like, is is are we going to have the goat conversation pretty much his entire career from this point? On? I think you're going to have to. They talked about it last night directly after the game. They said, um, you know. Does this make you a dynasty with the two and four years? Um, and he said, well, you know, Tom Brady went to 10 and won seven of them. So unless I win eight of 11, like, I, <laughs> I don't know that we're a dynasty. But it's probably the best but, answer you could but have. But the fact that that's in his mind, like, that's a goal for him now. Um, I yeah. think he's going to have to be. And I think as long, I think the, the thing is that it's a matter of how long Andy Reid will coach. Yeah. Um, because what have they been to now? Like four or five? Um, or is that conference championships? It was it was five conference championships, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Or, five. So I think it might be four or so, five Super Bowls, or three of five, or whatever it is. So. Um, 
Yeah, I just think that it's it's so much dependent on Andy Reid. I thought what was really interesting this week was when they had talked to um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't remember if it was um, Carissa What's-Her-Face or Aaron Andrews that did the interview Carissa with him. Carissa What's-Her-Face, is that a technical term? Um, God, I can't remember her last name, but I think she did Thursday Night Football all year long. Um, and man, they were just both dressed to the T all day yesterday. Ex- excellent job, ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, He's always complimenting the ladies. And... Um, I thought it was super interesting. They kind of asked Patrick like about his relationship with Andy Reid and what makes them special. And um, his answer pretty much was like, Hey, look, I came out of college and didn't know anything about football. (laughs) It's like, I knew how to be competitive and I knew how to like will my way to do anything that I'm asked. Andy Reid taught me to be a man. He taught me how to, to play football. He taught me to understand football, how to be a leader. Um, you know, to have someone his age kind of step back and go, I owe this man everything, I thought was a very mature um, standpoint. Yep. So I think I think Andy Reid truly is the brains of this operation, right? I mean, you lose a guy. Three like, of four, by the way. You lose a guy like Tyree Kill, and he's not even missed. You have more 20-yard plays. Yeah, you stole um, that one from me. Thank you. You have, <laughs> you have more uh, points and stuff yeah. on the year. So, um, you know, I think everybody kind of, when that trade went down, it was like, oh, gosh, what are they going to do? And they didn't miss a beat. They just they got better. put a bunch of guys they that you, better. you never heard of in the game, and it was fine. Yeah, and so, I mean, this this whole, we'll, we'll talk about the Andy Reid <laughs> And Patrick Mahomes kind of duo here in a minute, but uh, Patrick Mahomes in 2022, you tried to steal it earlier, but he won regular season MVP. He won Super Bowl MVP. He led the NFL in passing touchdowns. And he led the NFL in passing yards. We talked about, you know, we're going to have the GOAT conversation his entire career. Only three players have done all four of those things in their entire careers. Entire Careers. Those three players, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Kurt Warner. Patrick Mahomes just did that in one season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even with those other guys on that list, none of them did it in this the same season. That's, that's my other point. than Kurt that's Warner. That's my point. Like they did they've they achieved all of those statistical categories at some point or another. But it was never in the same season. I mean, not even, yeah, I mean, not even just the passing touchdowns, just the fact that they won the regular season MVP award and then Super Bowl MVP in the same season. The last person to do that was Kurt Warner. Yeah. Um, which is crazy when you think about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's careers. But, right. Um, but, yeah, look, this kid's special. Um, I hate that. I, I hate to say it. I mean, well, and, and, um, and I mean, we said he got, it, he got the dreaded high ankle sprain. It's terrible. It's a hard injury for quarterbacks, especially mobile quarterbacks like him. And, <clears throat> didn't phase him. <laughs> He's fine. And you just wonder what that is. You know, like, what's that X factor that allows somebody like that? Like, like Brett Favre was very much the same way. I know Brett Favre's name is Mud now with all the stuff going on. But, like, the guy broke his thumb and then threw for 400 yards the night his dad died. Like, the, the, just the fact that, like, pain yeah. doesn't bother some of these guys. And then some of these guys if Brett Favre are, was such a trash bag right now. That was one of the most impressive things I ever saw. And then you watch a career of a guy that's like super talented, like a Sam Bradford that comes out with all these expectations and he's hurt on every other play. Yeah. Like what he's is the, glass. what is the difference between a guy like Pat Mahomes and a guy like Sam Bradford? Um, just built different. Just the genetically, like what's what is what is that? And can we isolate that and give it to people? I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and we're talking about this, and we mentioned Jalen Hurts earlier and his physique. 
and kind of how he's built and everything. And and you look at these two guys and, and you tell me, like, who's the better quarterback? I mean, and you didn't know anything else. Most people were picking Jalen Hurts because Patrick Mahomes isn't that impressive physically. No. Um, he is impressive physically because he's big and he's strong, but in a different way than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts looks like Thor. Right, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> that's that's my point. And, and, yet, and yet, I can almost guarantee you that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a longer – more successful career. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to have a more successful career. Jalen Hurts might be above average the rest of his career, and sure. he still could not. I think Jalen Hurts, the, 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 the Eagles what, could be what, right what there in the Super Bowl again next year, and he could win a Super Bowl. Um, he could win two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls in his time. But when you when the numbers are said and done, Patrick Mahomes will have played huh. longer and probably have yeah, better, that's actually, better that numbers. That actually brings up a good point about them being back next year. I'm not so <clears> sure. People forget how hard it is. Like I know, I know we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, and they keep going because they're borderline a dynasty at the moment. But, I mean... People people get to the championship all the time and then they don't get back for Ag- quite a while. Agreed. Um, but I think the difference is: Do you have your quarterback and do you have the right coach? Because I, when the well, Eagles the won the last time around, <clears throat> Carson Wentz was their starter for the season. Nick Foles won in the Super Bowl, and Doug Peterson was there. And then everything went to hell in a handbasket after that. Yeah. Um, so like that clearly just what Nick Foles wasn't your franchise quarterback. Um, no, but but to, to <clears throat> contrast that, so I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you think of John Elway. Was it his his second season in the league? They had a <clears throat> great team. Great coaching, great everything. Went to the Super Bowl. He lost, and the, like, there's all these rumors that like he wasn't even phased because he's like, "We're going back. We're going to win." <laughs> yeah, he never made it back. Fair. I mean, I think there's a lot of circumstances there. Um, but I'm just saying, Jalen Hurts isn't a lock to get back there. No, no, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that even if he did, I think he could have a really decorated career, and Patrick Mahomes still has a better quarterback career by the time it's yeah, said and done. That's fair. all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked there with Jalen Hurts for a second. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs mostly at this point. but uh, <clears throat> So they've, they've officially been installed as the Super Bowl 58 favorites. Um, and just how – my question is I just don't understand how they continue to do it every year. And we've talked about it. I mean, they got rid of Tyreek, like you said. They got better somehow with a bunch of people that you've never heard of, including <clears throat> Pacheco. Like nothing against Pacheco, but – you would have told me he would have had the season he had. And I would have told Sky, you you're absolutely insane. Sky, Sky Moore board. wasn't yeah. on my draft board. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. So I guess my question here is, Is are Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes the new Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? And we've we've talked about it a little bit already, yeah. but I mean, are they have they taken that mantle? Can you put them in the same category at this point, or is it going to take a lot more in order to get them there? For, for me personally, I think if they win one more, then they are there. If then you, you start win, having serious you, conversations. You win three out of five, I think you're kind of in that conversation for dynasty because that is just the um, sustainability of of greatness and success. And so I think they're they're right there. I mean, clearly best team in the league right now. They've won a Super Bowl. Um, and everything that they've done from the entire from the start of the year to now has been impressive because there were a lot of people and and now it's not like Kansas City was projected to be bad this year. I know Travis Kelsey got up and was like, nobody said Kansas City was any good anymore. And I was like, well to his point though, there were people that thought when, since when Tyreek Tyree left, nobody was like so many people took them off of their like 
number one Super Bowl. But like, when you have the best quarterback in the league and Andy Reid, I don't think and, no. I don't think anybody came out I was like they don't got a shot. I think everybody came out and said <laughs> I think their, always, their chances took a significant hit. I with think that. you you always have a shot, but just the fact that like you said they rebounded from that and then they just got better. They didn't even just rebound. They the got better somehow. On. It doesn't make sense. Like how did he have a? How did Patrick Mahomes have an even better season without Tyree? And here's what I think is scary. I think that. The fact now that they've won two out of four, and this is starting to be the conversation, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, that's the kind of thing that attracts talent and free agency. Guys that guys start taking discounts. Guys that will start taking discounts to play there because you go, you know, we got to keep Patrick Mahomes around. Shit, these guys got Juju Smith-Schuster a ring? Yeah, like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think that they may just be getting started. Which is a scary ass thought, especially because they're in the AFC with the Browns. So if the Browns want any shot of getting getting out of here, we got to go through Kansas City. But you know, we almost did it one time. We couldn't stop Henny. So <laughs> thankfully, he's retired, he's retired now. So we got a chance. Uh, we got a chance. Yeah, uh, good on you know, good on Chad Henny. We talked a little bit last week about how backup quarterbacks sometimes can um, you know have a good game and end up with a nice contract. Like that guy's done okay for himself. He's been a backup for a long time. His whole career coming out of Michigan, he, I think he started a handful. He of games. wasn't any good to begin with, and then was in Jaguar, just in purgatory he for a while. He just accepted his his but plate in life. He was <laughs> eventually he ends up as a backup on a good team, and you make a boatload of money and end your career with two rings yeah. and it wasn't like most backup I quarterbacks just love the picture of him retiring by the way he's just like with beer in he hand tweeted out with a bud light in his hand in the end zone he's like that's it guys see ya yeah <laughs> but to, to stick it out Tacked that long bud light for the sponsorship and then he was like i'm out later. And, and finish with two rings and then go he, like most backup quarterbacks you're kind of like oh that was the kid in the group project that didn't do anything <laughs> Chad, Chad Henry, 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 Chad Henry, so good we don't even know his name. Chad Henry showed up actually in these playoffs and in the last playoffs when they beat the Browns. Like yeah. the, he showed up and made plays and helped them literally win Super Bowls. You know who he reminds me of? Um, Chad Henry. No, not not early in his career, obviously, but like he reminds me of Bernie Kosar when Bernie Kosar went to the Dallas Cowboys, and people forget that the only reason the Dallas Cowboys won that Super Bowl yep. was because of Bernie Kosar. He started. About half the season for them, kept them in the playoff hunt, and then he won two playoff games, if I'm not mistaken, for yeah. him. Um, and then Troy Eggman got to come in and say, oh, I, I saved the day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but really, Bernie Kosar was the guy, so for yeah. that season at least. Bernie's the man. So that, that's kind of what, what Chad Henney reminds me of, saving the day in, in Kansas City. He sure did save the day. That's, that's true. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It, Do look, they sustain it? I guess is the, that's, the final question. And that's that's the question: is can they sustain it? Uh, my my only other concern too would be from a sustainability standpoint: is this isn't the first time Mahomes has been kind of banged up. That's true. Um, at some point, do these injuries and pushing through them start taking a toll on your body? Fair. That's a fair question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> Kansas City. They're really. Really good. They're way better than the Browns. Yeah. That's my biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl is like, I don't think the Browns are ever going to win it. <laughs> you know what's weird is I go back to the game that we almost did beat them. And I think about how much better on paper. I know it didn't shake out that way, but on paper, how much better our team is now. And it just makes me wonder, like you, you, you match up their best players against our best players, right? Um, and I don't know how far off we are. I think we just need to quit having historically bad luck, like the worst luck. 
And a lot of it's self-imposed, but it's the worst luck. Let's table that. And before Sorry, we finish, I- <laughs> before we like wrap things up, I have a question for you since we're going to take a, sh- a short hiatus um, after today's show. So, fair. Um, what do we got next year? Uh, Super Bowl halftime show with Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, man? What's what's your, give us your give us the Kenny Thunder review? Look, there's a lot to say about this halftime show. Is it good or bad? Um, the first thing that I'll say is this: is I'm starting to actually just hate the halftime show. Um, because I'm tired of people complaining about it every year. That's my biggest thing. I don't even care about the show. Every year, <laughs> it's this debate of, was this the best halftime show, or was it the worst halftime show? And I'm like... Probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> guys, this happens once a year, and it's really, like, all things considered, not that big a deal. Like, why don't we just let it be? <laughs> like, I almost just don't want them... I Like, who's the girl, that the red panda that does, like, the tricks with the plates and the unicycle? Like, just, like, bring out a street performer. Nice. <laughs> like, back in the... That's, what the, that's actually what they used to do back in the day. It was, like, actual shows. Like, I don't even need, like, uh, all the pyrotechnics. My mom last night was like, when's the hieroglyphics start? I was like... The hieroglyphics. <laughs> Way to go, Tuna. We, we were losing it. Um, but, like, I don't even need all that stuff. Like, give me a, a guy on a, tr- on a unicycle balance plates and juggling at the same time with chainsaws look here's the deal the two the two best halftime we'll get into rihanna's uh halftime show do you have a sounder for rihanna uh sure we'll get back to her in a second but the two best halftime shows in my opinion of all time michael jackson and prince and Prince's was epic because he did Purple Rain in the rain in Miami, and it was just it was just pretty cool. Uh, Michael Jackson's though, that was the last just phenomenal show. Well, and <laughs> there was, was um, what's her face, Whitney Houston, um, is regarded as one of the best ever. I enjoyed last year's with like the '90s hip hop guys. Saying, I'm not even saying I didn't enjoy them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying those were the best two ever. As far as you were saying, it's is this the best or is it the worst? Well, those are the best two ever, and nothing's come close. But it's so. just almost like a fruitless debate because, and here's and here's why I really hate it is that no matter who they pick as an artist, half the people are going to like it, and half the people are going to hate it because we all don't like the same kind of music. Uh, yeah, like if you put uh, <laughs> in, in the in, in, in so you go like two top genres in the U.S. right, and I, I'm willing to bet it's probably country and pop. And I don't even know if country's that high, honestly. Like, I think country is a little more niche, like overall, than some of the other music, mainstream music. But uh, well, let's do. Uh, let's play out your example. I'm just saying, like, the the culture behind those two styles of music totally could different. Not be further from yeah. each other. So right. if you got a, somebody that's like, I'm a diehard country fan, and they come in watching Rihanna, they're probably going to have a bad time. And that's my thing, right? So like, if Tim McGraw was leading the halftime show, I'd be like, Yeah, this was a dope halftime show. Probably one of my favorites. Everybody that liked Rihanna is probably like, That was terrible. But like, if you like Post Malone. Then and he does the halftime show. You probably be like, that's the best halftime, and I'll be like, I don't really listen to Post Malone, so I, c- I couldn't really get behind it. I couldn't hear what he was saying most of the time. <laughs> Dumb face tats. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I just I think it's like one. it's it's an impossible. Like I almost feel bad for the sponsors, not because they have boatloads of money, the uh, but just because it's like, how do you even? I will say it was sponsored by Apple this year. They did a pretty good job. They put on a good show. If nothing else, it was a good show. Ish, whatever, right? Like I'm just I'm saying, cool like, platforms just, floating around and stuff, and all these marshmallows standing around. I uh, I just think like it's so hard to please 
anyone, let alone please everyone, um, that this whole thing just ends up becoming a, a giant cluster no matter what happens. So Yeah, that's probably fair, but I don't care about all that. I'm asking you what your <laughs> thoughts on this Super Bowl halftime show were. Here's my thoughts on the Rihanna, Rihanna halftime show. Why is her name so, so fun? Is Rih- Rih- Rihanna. Um, I was actually telling my Why wife. Why do we have to say it in a high-pitched voice? I was, I was like, <laughs> I, I always get Rihanna and Ciara, Sierra mixed up. We're not um, even close, man. And you're, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, Rihanna. Um, my wife has no idea who Ciara is, by the way. She's like, what? I was like, Russell Wilson's wife? She's like, no. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Um, and like, that's her kind of music, so I don't know how she doesn't know. Anyway, um, my thoughts on the Rihanna Super Bowl halftime performance. I'll give you the um, the hieroglyphics and <laughs> the pyrotechnics. Uh, the floating stages were a new element. That was cool. That's cool. Um, especially when you consider the news Dancing that was, marshmallows. was broke of... Rihanna being with child. Um, the fact that she I mean, was what just... A, what a hell of a way to just put it out there. Like, they, like there was nothing beforehand. <laughs> the fact like, she that, just went out there and was like, that's right, I'm the, doing the Super Bowl halftime show pregnant uh, 75 feet in the air. <laughs> the, yeah, like the fact that you're just 100 feet in the air just, like, not giving a shit um, and, and pregnant, like, cool, brave of you, awesome, I guess. Um, I didn't really get the marshmallows things. In fact, Rihanna's red jumpsuit and the marshmallows kind of remind me of Kansas city colors, which I thought was odd. Um, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't really get the, the marshmallows and somebody was like, that's the umbrella people. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. I think you just made that up. Um, they did. Um, but who told you that they're wrong. (laughs) Whoever you are, you're wrong. (laughs) So in, in personally, I don't have a problem with Rihanna's music, right? Like, I'm not a huge... No, it was actually a pretty... I, I didn't think like, about it beforehand. You know a lot of her songs. This is a pretty... She has a pretty extensive... Uh, uh, yeah, she uh, had... What do you call it? Portfolio Collection, music, yeah. yeah. She. I mean, there's a lot of her songs that you recognize just from being anywhere. Watching TV, watching yeah. movies, being out in public. Like, her songs are very recognizable. So I didn't have a problem with Rihanna as an artist or her music, per se. I did think that... Um, oh boy! For an audience, oh boy, that is probably more family oriented <laughs> oh than boy. most. Oh boy! That this was a little sexually charged. Wow! Um, and I'm not trying to be like you know prude Kenny. Um, you sound like it. prude Thunder. Like I'm not. <laughs> That's your new name, Prude Thunder. <laughs> but but um, either that or Kenny Prude it just it was a lot of her songs are kind of suggestive yeah. and um, as most pop music is as most pop music is so, most music in general let's um, be honest here you, like we probably could have like dialed it back to like an 8 and like everybody would have been like whatever but it was like at a 9.5 on the suggestive meter um, and but saying that then i also saw a bunch of people that were like this was so sexual this was a disgusting like <laughs> with that voice and everything coming straight through the computer <laughs> this is a, this is an abomination this, this is disgusting and i was like listen i was like listen you all can pretend like this is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen but i guarantee you that if Rihanna touched her dump hole and then her front butt and <laughs> and put her finger in front of your nose, like you would you would love it. 
so not maybe not everybody like maybe not all my you don't but like all the guys that are out there that are like oh this is good. like you have pinup models in your garage on your calendars and your sports illustrated this and that like that wasn't that big of a deal was it a little gross maybe but depends on who you are because i know there's a bunch of degenerate sickos out there that would totally drink rihanna's bathwater. so you're one of them uh, <laughs> I just think like it's just this false outrage that is continually just splooged all over the internet's face. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> did, uh, did so what? So what are even my thoughts about this? I don't even know because I don't care because it's a halftime show at a, at a football game. What did you did you just use the words <laughs> dump hole and front butt? <laughs> I mean, I feel like those are semi-FCC like compliant. <laughs> wow, uh, coined here on the Burning Over Sports Sportscast, uh, front front butt and dump hole. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's just, just, it's just wants funny to because be offended. Every it, well, and um, yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of it goes just with the crossing the lines of the different genres of music and everything. Like, people don't like the music as it is, so then that happens, so then fake outrage comes, and they're like, no, I'm so mad that she was so sexual because yeah. this is why I hate this kind of music. Right. Meanwhile, you probably listen to classic rock and stroke me, stroke me. <laughs> so, All like, the 70s music was just about getting down. Yeah. Heck, that's what 90% of country music is about. Like, yeah. baby, lock the door and turn the lights down low. Not boots. <laughs> I mean, come on, choose your battles, people. Like yeah, this it's, isn't it's that. Just because you think you do it in a more radio-friendly way doesn't mean it's still okay. It's like, not it's, that important. And let's be really and, and between us. We don't care either way. I'm not saying not to do it. You could be whatever. <laughs> sing about what you want. Yeah, you can like whatever you want. But let's be really, really honest here for one final second. Like, are we going to pretend like sex doesn't sell in this country? Sex sells everything in this country they don't put ugly people on tv for a reason literally the very first super bowl commercial once the super bowl started was anna ferris shirtless <laughs> in an avocados from mexico commercial yeah, everybody was naked <laughs> which i shouted out to them last last week so what are the chances but <laughs> but i just think like our whole world is driven by beautiful people in as little clothes as possible. Yeah. Why are the Kardashians famous? Well, that's another. That's a that's a topic for another day. But me and you hold the 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 view of why are nipples so sexualized. <laughs> so we can get into that another time. You seen my nipples? <laughs> Those do anything no for deal. you? Why does it, why does a girl's nipples do something for you? Doesn't make sense. But anyways, um, yeah, I just. My thoughts on the halftime show, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was uh, cool that that was how she kind of announced her pregnancy and everything. And just, I mean, I know you're you're in the midst of it right now. Your wife is pregnant. My wife just uh, gave birth to our first child not too long ago. So um, we're, we're kind of in that stage of our life. And I thought that was just cool to see her go out there. It is like a, like a statement. Like, well, like super- I can still do whatever I need to do as a woman, as a person, as whatever. And I'm, st- I'm still out here doing it all. And just very impressive because this is less than a year since she had her, her last kid. So, yep. um, yep. you know, to, to, yeah, I'm, you're dealing with this more than I am right now. When my wife is pregnant, she's tired and sick all the time. I'm sure yours is not always feeling great postpartum. Like, you know, this was, this, this, it was a cool moment for her to just kind of step up and do her thing. And yep. in the midst of all that, and now being pregnant again, like it's just a, I, I liked the smirk 
like throughout the whole performance. She just kept smirking at the camera, like because well, she was lip syncing and not singing. Well, but. there's that too, but I, <laughs> it was it was the it just kind of came off to me like I know you guys are all going to be talking about this in a minute, like yeah. <laughs> so it, it was pretty cool. I liked it. I thought it was one of the better ones in recent memory, and it doesn't really matter as far as where they all rank compared to each other. But it was I just thought it was a good show. Yeah, I just it's like it's a free concert, you know. Like I don't if you don't like it, turn it off. Fair. There's literally anything else. You can go watch the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that was like, on. That was on the halftime. Like, I don't know. Find something to do. Go eat some chips and guac. Yeah. Fair. Um, next up here, I see you wrote in any favorite commercials. Any favorite commercials? I have quite a few. What are your favorite commercials? Uh, I liked the Grease commercial, which yeah. was John Travolta singing with, uh, uh, what are those two dudes' names from Scrubs? Scrubs. I don't know. I just Scrubs know the, the two guys from Scrubs. <laughs> uh, uh, for the T-Mobile home internet. That was cool. That I'm, was... I'm shouting out brands here just because I, I feel like giving them props for good commercials. That was very so, fun. Uh, T-Mobile home internet. Good job. Um, the other one, another one that I liked was uh, the Bush commercial when uh, they were talking about all the animals in the wild and Sarah McLaughlin came on. And he's like, uh, and by the way, that's a wolf. Uh, that was a good one. Yep. Um, I liked uh, Breaking Bad. I really liked Breaking Bad. What, what were those chips called? I don't even know what the chips were called. I don't even know who makes them. Corners. All I know uh, is uh, uh, popcorners. 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 Seven brands. Seven, yeah, seven and items. That was a fantastic. It was like word for word the scene, but just <laughs> with popcorners instead <laughs> with, of instead of blue meth. With Tuco. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. And then there was one more that I had on there, and I can't remember what it was now. Um, the, um, what was the other one? We talked about this a little bit. Yeah, there was there was what quite were your a, favorites? There were quite a few. The the grease one I think was definitely on uh, on top of my list. I thought that was very fun. It was very uh, cheekily written. Um, and the other one that I liked was the uh, Pringles cans hands. <laughs> All the things you can do with Pringle cans hands. That was a good one. There were things you can't do with Pringle cans hands. Oh, the other one I liked was uh, uh, ham and brie. Oh yes, John Hamm. I like anything with John Hamm in it. John Hamm and Brie Larson and uh, Pete Davidson said, "I'm going to eat you." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Here's my. I think it was a Hellman's commercial. So it's, here's it's, that's. It was just. I like when they do a commercial. They don't even really make a big deal about their. Like it's just in the background, just kind of sitting there, and they don't make a big deal about the product. Oh, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the products because I had no idea what any of those commercials were You're for. Welcome. Um, so they did a bad job of explaining their product, but a good job of entertaining me. Um, Here's my only question about the commercials this year. I thought I thought actually these commercials, not that any of them were like super duper hilariously funny or super duper um, emotionally touching, but I thought they were better than. Are you kidding me? Did you see the dog years. food one with the with the black lab and tracked them tracked them their whole life and then that was my one of my favorite like uh, you touching know, touching ones, ones. yeah. yeah. Like, um, I, I, I lean towards the funny ones, but that one got me because I have a black lab, and yeah. I was like, uh, and you just, we just had a baby, and, and just, I was like, yep. oh, my God. I told I told my dog, I was like, Kaya, that's going to be you soon. Yeah. Like, just laying in the bed yeah, with the baby. That one got me. Um, more, I don't know the name of the dog food brand. I'm sorry. <laughs> more importantly, um, were there Clydesdales? There's a thing in the I past. I didn't see any. Maybe I, I, maybe I missed them went to pee. Is it just uh, me, or do, do, do commercials get like less and less intense every year. Like for like, I remember growing up, like you would talk about the commercials and you could talk about the commercials for weeks. Like there were some good ass commercials. Well, you remember crime deterrent? <laughs> crime deterrent was one of the best commercials ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What does your phone have? Crime deterrent. What's that mean? Try and take it. <laughs> um, yeah. Fantastic commercial. I wish we could put that up there. You probably can't find it on YouTube. I have to think that 
a lot of that has to do with the internet distribution that exists today because That's fair. most people see the commercials now before them like at work that, and it's just it's just it's just not the best distribution model anymore with the way the internet is like, well, yeah because you can get on and see all these things a couple days beforehand anyway so like, by the time sure, the game the most comes watched, around most watched tv show of the year but it I mean, but you go back to like 1998 before you had access to all that like you really waited for those commercials yeah instead of paying whatever the uh, exorbitant amount of money to get a Super Bowl ad was this year, uh, which you might tell us later. I don't know, but instead of paying that, you could pay for like ten thousand ads on any social media. <laughs> true, true. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm almost like, who's paying for these at this point? Like, what's the point of, of this? Because <laughs> it's almost like a status thing, and I think that's why you saw uh, uh, the Paul brothers right before the game yeah. started uh, did their their new. Uh, the prime um, prime drink the prime drink or whatever it wasn't even that good of a commercial but it was just like a status thing like yeah you see that we got a super bowl commercial i think but because there's those be- at the beginning they got a discount they probably did because the game hadn't started yet yeah but so it was still it was the very last commercial before the game started agree and there's probably a reason for that I, and i was i was shocked and mr beast made an appearance in an ad as well did he i didn't catch it um it was one where it was the one i think with the undertaker in it they had a kevin hart oh and yeah, it, yeah. It was yeah a bunch of people in it um so i thought that was cool there was like a couple of like youtube guys i don't care much for the the Paul guys, but um, but I thought it was cool they had a commercial in the Super Bowl. Um, but I just was I thought maybe I missed the Clydesdales was the only thing because I I didn't see them. Feel like I, this I is also, the first time in my fair, lifetime that I didn't see a Clydesdale. To be commercial. fair, I was distracted. I you know taking care of a three month old. So fair. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that's it for the Super Bowl. I mean, I think we covered pretty much everything about it. Um, covered I, some storylines coming out of it. Um, I agree. So do your thing, and then I have one question before we finish things up. Yeah, so right now I just want to remind everybody to call in to the Burning River Sportscast Hot Take Outline. Hot Take Outline. Talk to us about anything. Talk to us about Super Bowl commercials, Super Bowl halftime show, the Browns who weren't in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, the Eagles. I don't care. Talk to us about anything, literally anything. Cavs and guards, they're coming up too. Yeah. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. We want to put you on air. 330-227-8080. What's your question, man? So, today. Today! Day after the Super Bowl. <laughs> we find ourselves equals. Hold on, I've got to pause now for sounder. Oh, you are all equally blessed. Nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights. A knight who can trace his lineage back beyond Charlemagne. I first met him atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God, asking his forgiveness for the Saracen blood spilt by his sword. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the would-be ravishings of her dreadful Turkish uncle. Paul Bettany. So good. <laughs> How do we always, uh, it always stumble comes, into a, a, a movie quote? Everything comes back to a night's tale. It does. It always yeah. does. Uh, yeah. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> of epic proportions. In case anyone wants to see this. Wow, thing. we're going zoom in and everything. Yeah. Uh, for those that are listening in their car, uh, we have a night's, tale, a night's tale in the studio at all Heath times. Ledger. In case you. 
It's um, a great movie. <laughs> in case you want to watch it, you can come over. We can, can borrow our copy. We can have a pizza Call party. Call into the Hot Take Hotline and we'll mail you this. You got to mail it back, though. It's a borrow. It's, it's, just, not, a, it's, it's not a keep. It's like Netflix used to be. Yeah. It's a borrow, not a keep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back on track. So let's finish this thing up. Uh, day after the Super Bowl, we know that this Browns team, you talked about earlier, the talent on the team now, different than the Baker Mayfield Browns that almost beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Because we're going to take a short hiatus and there will be uh, free agency and some things happening, um, what is your prediction for the Browns' record today, given the talent on the roster, the new coaching changes? And Do where, I have to stay locked into and, this for next year, or is this going to be like a bonus? Like time No, just like, uh, you know, I wonder between now— In case anyone's wondering, Kenny lost King of the North this year, so— Yes, but I accurately predicted the Browns' record spot on. Fair. Um, fair. No, Somebody but, called you Nostradamus on, online, so— <laughs> uh, I'm, that's thunderdumbest to you. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> as of right now, dump hole in front butt. Um, <laughs> as of right now, because I think it'll be interesting to see, like after the full off season, OTAs, training camp, everything. What's your what does it look like then? I'm actually a lot more optimistic than I think most people are. Um, I was I stayed optimistic as long as I could this year, and I got a little down on them at the end of the year. But the reason I'm optimistic is we do get a fourth place schedule. Um, so it's an easier schedule in case anyone doesn't know how schedules work in the NFL. Um, if you're in fourth place, you play the other fourth place teams from the other divisions that you're playing that year. So you get an easier schedule and that's part of how they keep parity in the league. Um, and we get the AFC South this year. Yeah. So all of those things combined, the fact that we do have Deshaun Watson now for a full year, um, Kevin Stefanski, I, 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 I shouldn't say I think yet. I, I haven't, I don't, know if this is a prediction of mine yet but i hope at this point that the hot seat is actually gonna light a fire for kevin stefanski you know do its job it's gonna get hot and he's gonna say um you know he's gonna coach a little bit better next year uh we're gonna have a better defensive coordinator that's gonna be able to utilize our talent and i i think we end up doing pretty well but i think the afc north is gonna be uber competitive so that being said i'm gonna go 11 and 6 I was I was I was trying to decide between that and ten and seven, but I'm going to give them the game and say eleven and six. And I think most of our losses will be within our division. Let me ask you this: back there. if the Browns only win eleven year eleven eleven games, years eleven games next year, yeah, is the Deshaun Watson contract and trade worth it? Yeah, I think it is still. If they continue that, that I mean, remember we made the trade for him because he was expected to be a top five quarterback. Yeah, that, I is that I is that a top five result in the league? I understand it. Well, you don't know because if you get into the playoffs at eleven and, and eleven and six, then anything from that point can happen. So I think next year the but, AFC. But do you hang on? I think next year, regardless, regardless of who is in the Super Bowl from the NFC, the AFC will win the Super Bowl next year. The AFC is so freaking stacked. Agreed. It's tight. I think if the Browns make it in, literally. Anything can happen, and that's 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 why I say that it's not a waste yet. But here's my question: Is 
I understand that you can come once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. But I think that if you looked at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles and a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars that both made the playoffs this year, I think Jacksonville fits the mold of, hey, we're in, anything can happen. Philadelphia fits the mold of, we're one of the best teams in the NFL and we expect to compete with all the best teams in the NFL. There's a different different strata that they're on. At this point, with everything that I just said, I would say that we would feel more like Philadelphia fans going into next year's playoffs um but we'll see i mean we are the browns and we have a lot of room to browns it up so and that's where i'm at with it right now is i feel like once you've made the investment in deshaun watson 230 million he's one of the main reasons guaranteed i feel like you should be going into the playoffs thinking we're going to not just make the playoffs and see what happens from here this should be we're one of the best teams in the nfl and we're in this thing to to win this thing so to me almost like anything less than 12 wins in the regular season is kind of like are we getting our money's worth here um especially in a seven especially in a 17 game season with how low to the the i i think that's unfair but uh, um but it, that's why i'm asking the question i take though <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's fine as i i don't you know i don't begrudge you your your opinion i just i'm just saying that's to me that's a little harsh because it is uber competitive not only in our division which we have to play what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six games within our division. Um, and I just said, I mean, at 11, at 11 and six, I said, I think most of our losses actually come within our own division. So think about that. Like that's, we have one of the best divisions in the league. So you're saying 12 yeah, but, wins. But, but, is t- but is think tough. about, but think about good teams in years past in the AFC North. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't go, we'll probably split half the games in the AFC North because Cincinnati's good this year and Baltimore's good this year. Like those- I'm not even, I'm not saying that's the mentality. I'm saying that's how I feel about the Browns <clears throat> right now. Okay. Like yeah, I, you're fair. You can feel however you want. That's why I asked you the question. I'm just curious. I'm going to punch you. Right- <laughs> Listen, I'm going I'm going with eleven and six. Eleven and six. Yeah, that's that's my feeling. Um, I think that's how they finish, and I I think we I think they make um, more of their run in the later part of the half. They kind of look like Cincinnati has the last few years, where maybe they start out a little slow and people are asking questions. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then they come on late and they're like, "No, we're going on a run because we're a good team. We have all the pieces and we're going to do what we need to do." Fair. So that's that's how I see the Browns next year. The next year's Browns or this year's Bengals. <laughs> you heard it here first for all them damn Browns Bengals fans. Interesting. Yeah. They'll get uh, their wish, you know. For me. I didn't ask you. Um, <laughs> for me, the no, day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I don't think much has changed. Oh, God. Um, if I had to pick a record right now, I would say eight and nine. Damn, you're putting them under five hundred. Um, come on. I think they're slightly better than this year because this is why you guys come to the Burning River Sports because cast, because Kenny is a pessimist <laughs> and I'm an optimist because and together we balance each other out. I think Deshaun will play better next year than he did this year. I'm hoping, but I still think I still think you have the wrong head coach. I still think Mike Prefer is in this building, and I still think you that's have a big problem. A ton of holes. So my, he's not a part of the problem. <laughs> what I would my 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 disclaimer here would be: it's the day after the Super Bowl. There's a lot of things they can do in the off season that to might make, you feel make me feel better about it. Fair, but I need to see it. Fair, I need to see it. 
I understand. I understand both of them. I'll leave you with one thing. I think uh, one more prediction on that, uh, just because I got to get this out there. I think uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson finishes top five next year as a quarterback. I think he finishes somewhere between six and eight. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna quite get there where we want him to be, but he's gonna be right on the verge. Um, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that have come into the league the last few years, so it's a little different than when he was a top five quarterback. But I think he gets. I think he's he makes a step, and I do think that the top five years are coming. You don't think so? I think he's twelve or beyond right now. Fair. Save <clears throat> this clip. That's a long one. Save it. All right. With all that being said, uh, and us talking about the Super Bowl and saying we were only going to talk about the Super Bowl and then talking about the Browns anyways, because that's what we do. We're the Burning River Sportscast. Um, Kenny, what can we expect next what week? can we expect next week? Yeah. I'll tell you what you can expect. Absolutely N-O-T-H-I-N-G. Nothing. 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 Um, we have enjoyed podcasting with you all. For the entirety of the Browns season, from the the end of uh, the preseason essentially till now through the Super Bowl, we are going to take a much needed mental health break to regroup and think about how we can keep bringing the best Browns content, Cleveland sports content to you over the rest of this year. So it'll just be a couple of weeks just for us to get some R and R, do some planning, do some things on, on the back end to make sure we have back end. The, the front, butt. we have the technology <laughs> to support do things with the back hole so we can fix the front, butt. we have the technology to support this journey that we're on with you. Uh, we'll be in, you know, in and out on social media. So uh, you can still call the hotline. We might things. still have some breaking news and, here. And as news breaks, we may do some special uh, special episodes, but we're going to plan to take a couple of weeks off, and then we will be back with our first um, off-season edition episode of the Burning River Sportscast on uh, the first week of April. So what's it, the April 6th, so... Or no, uh, March 30th. Last week of March. He's, so, yeah. He was wrong. Sorry. So we will be back uh, the week of March 27th. So just in time Probably for... Probably March 30th is when it'll drop. For Guardians opening day and prepping for the Cavs playoff run. And then we will also recap any news that happens in free agency and uh, prepping for the NFL draft at that time. So that's what you can expect next week. Hiatus. 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 Uh, yeah, definitely taking a break here. Um, but like you said, I just want to reiterate, keep following us on social media. We're going to have plenty going on on all of our social media pages. Uh, you can follow Tap In Media on Facebook and Twitter at The Tap In Media and on Instagram at Tap In Media Official. And you can follow this sportscast, Burning River Sportscast, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast and on Twitter at Burning River Pod. Pod. And don't forget to check out our actual podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. So many more. Um. So yeah, stick with us. We got more to come. There could be big, big things happening in the future. Yeah, and we'll probably put out some content here and there. It just may not be a full podcast episode no, over the yeah, next the, four or five weeks. There'll here. be content. You'll be glad you 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 follow. But we have so many things that we want to do for you for the next big season. Yeah, we need a little bit of time to just make sure we have everything in place. Yeah, and any living space. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So 
with that. Uh, facts for days. Facts for days. This might even be one of the segments that just lives, like just me on my, my phone doing facts for days. Let me just tell everybody the facts for, days. <laughs> for the next four weeks. Great. Because uh, everybody loves facts for days. Because who, who has, who doesn't have enough facts? I want you to make these facts for days quick. Uh, F you, buddy. I can't. Oh, wow. They're important. Uh, actually, these are pretty fast. Uh, Frederick Bauer <laughs> invented the Pringles can. Nice. Good job, buddy. When he passed away in 2008, his ashes were buried in one. <laughs> that, that's morbid, but nice. Can you imagine going to a service and the urn is just <laughs> ranch cheddar <laughs> Pringles? I wonder if it retains the smell of the flavor. <laughs> that's of, that's of gross, man. Like we, we went pretty close to the line a few times in this episode, <laughs> <laughs> and I may have stomped all over the ashes of it. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Fred. Um, <laughs> next fact: more. Then 2,500 left-handed people are killed every year from using equipment meant for right-handed people. That just sounds like left-handed people are not as smart as right Well, first off, left-handed people are way smarter than right-handed people. That's why the majority of our presidents have been left-handed. Not the majority of people. It's like a sixth of people, but more than half the presidents. That's actually an incredible. Yeah, it is an incredible. That's fact. way better than all the. That was that was a bonus fact. <laughs> That's way better than all the people dying <laughs> from using right-handed stuff like idiots. I mean, look, you don't know the struggle that us left-handers have. Have you ever used a right-handed notebook as a left-hander? You're using yourself as an example, and it's a bad example because you're an idiot. <laughs> I am not an idiot. I'm a visionary. <laughs> A visionary with terrible eyesight. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's not 2020. Um, take a look around you. Not just in this room, but in any room that you're in today. Okay. What do you got for me? And just take in the people that are there. Because within 12 months, 54 million people that are alive right now will be dead. What? <laughs> That's wild, man. <laughs> so maybe, you know, spend some extra time with that guy that uh, annoys you a little bit or hug that smelly grandma a little extra tighter. Um, the family thing I can get behind, but the annoying guy, I feel like you should just spend less time with him because you only have so much time yourself. <laughs> uh, true. You could be one of the 54 million. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Why would I waste that time on that annoying guy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> right. All right. Glad we're on the same page here. So, so basically what I'm saying is the podcast is over because I don't want to spend any time with you. We got uh, one final <laughs> bonus fact. Um, because if you're feeling really full from all that smoked Gouda fondue and buffalo chicken surprise, from all of the additional beer and food that you've consumed like a furious glutton over the last 24 hours during the Super Bowl, might I suggest you take a tropical vacation? Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere maybe in the Caribbean. near the. Are you going to tell us about uh, Bermuda? Near the equator. Um, because you'll actually weigh less on the equator than you do here. Oh, nice. Because uh, the Earth actually spins faster at the equator because it's the largest part of the Earth, right? So it's got you, further to go. When you think about... Yeah, you think about like the Earth's not a true sphere, like a perfect sphere. It's kind of like a smushed sphere, like a hamburger. Yeah. But if you're on the North Pole, you have less distance to travel, so the equator spins immensely faster. 
Yeah. So if you go to the equator, you'll weigh less. Gravity. Now, wouldn't you weigh more because gravity? Uh, no, there's less gravity. Um, the forces of gravity, and I tell you why, because centrifugal force is proportional uh, to the tossing you off the earth to the tangent, the tangential speed of rotating reference. Value. I got you. What I what I visualized um, did it made sense. Yeah. So the equator is moving quickly as the earth spins, has a lot of centrifugal force. Yeah, I got it. In contrast, the poles aren't spinning at all, so they have zero. I got it. I got it. So, I got it. I got it. If there was no spinning, if I'm the not earth, you. I'm no idiot. If the Earth wasn't spinning, we'd all feel much heavier, like Santa on the North Pole. Hence, so God, fat. That's why he's so fat. Uh, I will. Ooh. I, Ooh. I will uh, throw this one little piece in, so you will be lighter on the equator. Uh, you know, roughly one percent. So what do you weigh? Two hundred pounds. You, you'd be 198 on the equator. It's good. Um, You'll still be a fat-ass looking guy, though, because your mass doesn't change. It's just your weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I was going to... I thought you were going with Bermuda for that one, because uh, uh, it's surprising how many people don't know where Bermuda is. It's in the ocean. Where in the ocean? It's off the Atlantic Seaboard out there, by yeah, Jeffrey where? Epstein's Island. <laughs> where? Is it, in like, is it in, like, the Caribbean? To catch a predator. No, it's north of that. Okay, you know, most people don't know. They think, and it's mostly because of that song, Bermuda. Mahama. Yeah, they, they think you're they Coco think it's Mama. down in the Caribbean. Or it is think not. It's, a, it's like think off it's the in, coast of like Georgia. Where they think it's in like Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, just off. It's just by Epstein's Island, man. Way further north than you would have ever. What's thought. Uh, what's the? There's a is it, there's a there's a country island out there. Um, shit, Epstein. Now there's the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jeffrey Epstein here reminding you not to just be a part of the problem, but to be the whole problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Epstein didn't kill himself. No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Burning River is worst. <laughs> the hottest take of all. <laughs> Burning River. Burning River. Burning River. Do you come back to us and Burning River? No, not usually. Not unless something good happens right now. Are we done? We're done. No, we're not. I'm Dasher, I'm Dancer, I'm Prancer, I'm Vixen. Yes! Behold my Lord Ulrich! The Rock! The hard place! Like a wind from Gotland he sweeps by! Blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor! We walk in the garden of his turbulence! What did you did you just use the words <laughs> dump hole and front butt? <laughs> I mean, I feel like those are semi FCC like compliant. <laughs> wow, uh, coined here on the Burning River Sports Sportscast, uh, front front butt and dump hole. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Towpath Vodka. Towpath Vodka, an ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp. A truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Towpath Vodka.